0: Hi again, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast, sponsored in part by Hills, where we're discussing a topic that's becoming more and more important for modern veterinary practices. Today, Mr. Eric Garcia is here to talk to us about e-commerce in practice. Eric is an internationally recognized IT and digital strategist working exclusively with veterinary practices. When it comes to helping veterinary practices streamline their technology and attract and retain clients, he has a proven track record of educating the industry and producing results. In addition to his work as an IT expert, digital marketer, and industry thought leader, Eric is an active advisory board member with the American Association of Feline Practitioners and a marketing columnist for Today's Veterinary Business, an NAVC publication. He speaks regularly at conferences all throughout the world. In today's podcast, he discusses simple and quick strategies to help practices compete with online retailers by meeting the modern, evolving demands of today's pet owner. In the era of online pharmacies and telehealth, this topic has become all too important, and I, for one, am looking forward to hearing Eric's thoughts on how to stay current in an evolving digital market. Eric, over to you.
1: Thank you, Dr. Cassie. This is just one of my Favorite topics to talk about with veterinary practices since e commerce now than ever is, is all too important for veterinary practices to both understand why it's important, but also how to more effectively utilize this in their veterinary practices today. You know, e commerce in, in the veterinary industry, of course, is not new by any means. In fact, I used to be the vice president of, of a, another firm. And originally, that company started in in the year of two thousand, and the company was originally supposed to be an e-commerce platform owned by veterinarians that was also pro veterinary with the intent to back in two thousand compete with the all too infamous one eight hundred pet meds. And what was interesting is that when you tried to convince a veterinarian back in the year 2000, that e-commerce was going to be a potential threat, should we not have learned to embrace it, was kind of a joke. And so, you know, while there are always innovative practices, and there were many practices that were embracing this idea of e-commerce, the majority of the profession uh, back in the year 2000 was, was not at all interested and didn't feel that it was going to be a threat. You know, fast forward 19 years later, uh, and here we are now more than ever kind of scrambling to integrate e-commerce into our veterinary practices because of the the threats that exist uh, with pet owners going to other e-commerce platforms that exist today to uh, buy their pet medications or pet foods. And of course, now veterinary practices are seeing this as a threat. And so what I'm excited about with this podcast is that I, I want to paint a narrative as to why this is important because... With veterinary practices and professionals today, I still find myself needing to really convince practices of the importance of this. Uh, But then I also want to get into some things to consider when you uh, want to make your e commerce uh, as successful as possible. uh, So this way you can continue to thrive in the future. And so, for me to kind of lead into that, I want to start off by talking about who our clients are today. Because we are seeing four different generations of pet owners in our practices. Our oldest demographic are baby boomers, which were born between the 1940s and the 1960s. Still a demographic that we're seeing, uh, still seeing in our practices today. Followed by that, we have Generation X, uh, born between the 60s and the 80s. So this is kind of our midline generation here. And then we have our youngest, largest uh, pet owning demographic, which are known as Millennials born between the 80s and the 2000s. And we have a fourth generation uh, known as either the iGens or Gen Z. The name is still, of course, being finalized as we still determine who they are. But they are, uh, a lot of studies are proving that they're actually uh, very, very young still. Some studies saying they're between 18 and 21. So they're not making up a majority of who our pet owners are, but they're certainly pet owners that uh, some of us might be seeing in practices and if you will, the future of pet owners. So it is important that we look at that. The reason that I I bring up this whole generational trend is because there's a lot of misconceptions that exist when it comes to e-commerce and digital platforms and the different generations out there. Practices and and veterinary professionals usually think that it's our millennials or our our young clients who are most interested in e-commerce solutions. When we actually know that that's not true. And, And I'm gonna dive into specific data points to really paint that narrative. But certainly we know that millennials putting a huge emphasis on the importance of e-commerce. In fact, uh, Business Insider reported uh, quite some time ago that Walmart is considering opening up uh, retail stores in their pet retail stores in their stores and also starting an online pharmacy as well. And what was interesting was that a Walmart executive in that study pointed out that millennial dog owners spend close to $1,300 a year with a majority of that money being spent toward vet care, vaccination, food, and supplies. And so there are other companies and retailers out there that are looking to take a piece of the pie that exists out there. And they're also adapting to e-commerce solutions to better position themselves to attract that business from our clients today. We know when it comes to millennials specifically that they are looking for products that are convenient and they're looking for services that offer convenience. And so it's important that when we look at our youngest large owning pet pet demographic, that we understand that, yes, they're spending money on pet care and they are prioritizing convenience. But when we look at all generations of pet owners, it's safe to say that we know the way that pets are viewed as a part of the family has evolved even from what it was 10 to 15 years ago. There was a, a pet owner study done in 2016 by the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, and they cited that 98% of pet owners feel that their pet is a part of the family, and 95% of pet owners couldn't imagine giving their pet up for any reason. So pets and the relationship that we have with them and the bond that exists is becoming uh, tighter now than ever before, which is what really left companies looking to create products and services to tap into that relationship that we all have with our pets, uh, specifically related to technology. And we'll talk about where this ties into e-commerce. Between 2012 and 2018, there was nearly half a billion dollars in pet technology related deals where companies were investing in a pet technology based companies. Um, In fact, one of the companies that uh, people know very well is Rover, raised uh, over $200 million from investors simply by offering a a service to provide convenience when it comes to pet owners uh, needing dog walking type services uh, by using a a platform, uh, an on-demand platform like Rover. Some of the investments made uh, have also even been done in the world of veterinary. There was a company that invested money in a, a pathology company with the intent to provide instant diagnostic results when it comes to pathology services. So the example that I give here is if a dog or a cat came into your practice and you conducted a surgery and you needed to send off a pathology sample, uh, traditionally what you would do is obtain that sample and send it off to a reference lab and obtain results much later in the day or perhaps early the next day. And we'll need to, at that point, determine how you're going to treat. Well, now there's a pathology company where you can take that sample, connect it to a microscope that is, of course, connected to the internet. And on the opposite side of that microscope are boarded veterinary pathologists that will look at that result in real time, allowing you and the pet owner convenience to be able to go ahead and pursue the next step of caring for that pet based off of those results, which saves time, money, and provides a better experience for our customers, our our pet owners. When we look at millennials and technology, there is an article that I was reading some time ago. And I found this to be this little uh, snippet of information, uh, this quote, if you will, to be of interest. And in and it says, quote, what investors are looking to invest in are technology products that are being uh, responsive to the millennial upsurge. And so what that means is, is that companies that are looking to continue to grow are really understanding who the millennial is and and the fact that uh, they're disrupting major retailers and and businesses on their heads, and companies are looking to make investments in those type of services and products. And so, some examples of that, of course, are if you think about Netflix for a minute. Here, uh, Netflix's whole business idea when they first got started, back when they were shipping DVDs to your home, was they basically looked at Blockbuster and Blockbuster customers, and they said, "Well, what can we do better?" And one of the things that they said was. Well, who has time to go into a a store? Who has time to get into their car and to drive to Blockbuster and to shop for a movie and then come back home and then go ahead and watch that movie? You're too busy. You don't have time for that. How about instead we will ship you a DVD to your home? You never need to even leave your house. And By the time you're done watching that DVD, we're already going to have a few other DVDs in your mailbox based off of movies that we think you have interest in. So you don't have to sit there and take all of this time to do research in a store. And Blockbuster looked at that and they laughed and they're like, ha, ha ha no way is that going to disrupt our business. And guess what? You know, As Netflix continued to evolve and, and now they have a, a streaming platform to so where you don't even have to wait, you can just stream on demand. Blockbuster was realizing that they were taking away, Netflix was hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in revenue. And what Blockbuster did was they had a reactive approach. They said, well, now that we see this is taking away from our revenue uh, and this is hurting our business, well, guess what? We're now gonna ship DVDs to your house. And you know, I, I, one of the questions I encourage you to ask yourself is, you know, was that enough for Blockbuster? They were not proactive, they were reactive. And they reacted to a decision well after another company came in and established more of a dominant position within that specific marketplace. The examples uh, that are out there uh, like this are countless. Thinking about Uber and what they did to taxi drivers, all Uber did was basically say, no one has time to call a taxi driver and wait for that taxi driver to arrive from wherever they may be. Instead, we're going to let you do this from your cell phone, and we're going to make it much more convenient and reliable for you. And same thing here, taxi drivers, what they did was they went ahead and they reacted. And they said, oh, this is not okay. This is taking away from our livelihood. But when you look at Uber today and where they're at, they continue to remain successful. And now many taxi drivers are in that position to actually also drive for Uber and other similar type ride-sharing platforms. I want you to think about what Amazon is doing to major retailers where people are now shopping online and not going into brick and mortar stores like Sears and JCPenney's, which are on the verge of uh, bankruptcy, and even uh, Toys R Us, which went bankrupt. Timo Elliott, I think said it beautifully. And he said, technology by itself is not the disruptor. It's not being customer-centric that is the biggest threat to any business. And it's so true because e-commerce is a customer-centric tool in your toolbox. It makes your services and your products uh, easier To have access to when they need it. And so one of the things that I want you to think about as you're listening to this is, you know, do you stream anything on Netflix? Have you ever used a ride sharing platform like Uber or Lyft? Do you shop on Amazon on a routine basis or do any type of shopping online? And when I ask this question to most of my audiences, almost every hand comes up in the room. Almost all of us will watch something online, order a ride share, or stream movies and TV shows online. And, and so the question then becomes, and, and I always ask my audiences this, and you know, why are we depriving pet owners of the same experiences that we demand in our own lives? And when we talk about e-commerce, this is extremely important to understand because many veterinary practices are depriving pet owners of the experience to shop online, whether it be for prescription medications or for pet food or any of the products that pet owners need access to. You know, we're basically saying, yes, I myself shop online and I understand that you do too as a pet owner, but I'm still going to require you to get in the car and come into my practice because I would much rather you do that than use any of the online platforms that we partner with. And and we'll get into some of those reasons and concerns that practices have. And that's not, that's not okay. That's not something that clients are going to continue to do moving forward. And how do we know that? You can take any stat and data you want. But think about the number of prescription refill requests that you have coming from the various e-commerce platforms that exist that you yourself are not partnering with in your practice. So we know that this is a, a trend that is going to continue to evolve moving forward and the veterinary practices that are not adapting to this are going to be left behind scrambling. We know 82% of Gen Xer and Boomers buy in-store at least once a month. I like this data point because it does show that, hey, we still do like to browse and go into major retail stores. But we know 46% of Gen Xers 40% of boomers do shop online on a routine basis as well. So it is important that, that we understand this. We know that roughly 8 in 10 Americans now shop online. 79% will buy almost anything online using any type of device. 51% of people will actually buy something from a cell phone. So you know, as we move more toward a mobile platform, people are continuing to utilize the convenience of not just shopping online, but also the convenience of their cell phones as well. So here, herein lies the solution, right? Veterinary practices need to adapt to e-commerce platforms. And so we know that we need to do this because our clients of all generations today are using it. We know that pet owners demand convenience. They're, they're no different than we are. Everyone is shopping online. And so the, the need to adapt to e-commerce now more than ever is extremely important. When it comes to the why nots, the the most common why nots I tend to get from veterinary practices are things like, uh, and the most common one specifically, I will say, is you know, we're going to make a little bit less money if we were to sell a product on an e-commerce platform using a provider that we partner with than if we were to sell it here in the store. And I completely understand that practices would look at it that way. And I appreciate the business acumen that's associated with understanding that. But I, I always tell practices today that when you're partnering with an e commerce solution in the veterinary space, a partner, if you will, yes, you're going to make less of a margin than you were in the practice. But you have to understand that as a result, you're going to be stocking uh, less inventory. Doesn't mean you'll be stocking nothing, but you'll be stocking a little bit less you really don't have to do much of anything other to, than to make sure that you know it's a prescription that the client is actually eligible for and that that pet is, is uh, completely uh, up to date with their uh, routine uh, services that they need to have. You don't have to carry as much overhead, but you should also look at it this way. While you might make less of a margin because you're not having to do any of this, and by the way, you also don't need to invest in spending money on having a technology platform that you yourself have to continue to pay developers to evolve because that's all a part of this, these platforms. But you're also going to make more money on reoccurring orders. What's great about these e-commerce platforms is that they enable a pet owner not to just receive a product for the first time, but to ensure that that product is then scheduled for auto delivery. Uh, and I'll give you an example of myself My dogs are on a prescription diet and through my veterinary practices online pharmacy, I have that diet coming on a recurring schedule. And what's great about it is that, you know, originally for a while I had maybe too much food coming and I had six bags of food at one time, but I was able to very easily log into their online platform and readjust that schedule to allow me time to be able to catch up. But it's super convenient for me. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to walk into the veterinary practice. It's charged on my card. And this is something that, that consumers are all used to, especially when they're shopping on services like Amazon, where they offer reoccurring subscriptions to make it easier for people to obtain the products that they use on a recurring basis. So one of the things I tell practices to do is that uh, one of the important steps to getting started is to talk to the, your distributors, talk to your, your manufacturers see who it is that they recommend. Anytime that you're looking to partner with a company, especially with e-commerce, what I want you to do is take an opportunity to look at two to three different companies, talk to them about some of the differences in the services that they offer and their pricing structures, and, and more importantly, the ease of use, and then make a decision after you've met with a few. I think one of the mistakes is when you just meet with one provider. So, so meet with multiple providers, um, see what makes best sense for your practice based off of the solutions that are being presented to you. The next thing that I always tell practices, because there are a lot of practices that have e-commerce now, but it's like the world's biggest secret. I usually ask, you know, who has an e-commerce platform in their practice? And a lot of practices will raise their hands, but when I ask how many of them are actually marketing it, almost a majority of hands go down. And it's like many veterinary practices have e-commerce platforms or the world's biggest secret. It's like, oh, we have a link on our website, but we don't tell anyone. You know, that's only for people that want to shop Online, that find us and and figure out we have a store. And that if you uh, build it and they will come, platform, you know, a mentality from uh, Field of Dreams, what a classic great Kevin Costner movie, you know, that's a huge mistake. When you're integrating an e commerce platform in your practice, you need to talk about it. You need to make sure that you're doing what you can to market that platform. And so, some of the tips that I usually give practices when it comes to marketing the platform. Um, is you need to talk about it often, meaning that don't just market it once the day that you get it and do it for a month and then that's it. You need to talk about it often. Any email campaign that you send out, I want you to have at the bottom of it a link for pet owners to be able to shop online. I want you to continue to talk about it on social media, not just today, but on a recurring basis. So make sure it's a part of your social media plan. On your business cards, on the back of it, I want you to have a big, bold statement that says shop online and link them to your website. On your prescription refill bags, I want you to have shop online or benefit from the convenience of home delivery as a statement on there and a link to your website. If you're dispensing uh, pet food products, I want you to have a big, bright sticker that you can uh, get printed from uh, any printing company online that says order your next refill online. You need to do what you can to talk about this on a recurring basis. One of the other suggestions that I recommend is creating reminders within your practice management software for prescription products that are needed on a recurring basis. My pet is utilizing a a product in your practice that needs to be, whether it's a food that needs to be refilled on a recurring basis, heartworm prevention, or even if it's a long-term medication, you should set up reminders in your practice management software to remind the pet owner that uh, one, that the refill might be due, and two, that they can very easily go and request a refill on your online pharmacy. So if you're sending email and text reminders, you might wanna say something like, is your pet running low on prescription pet food? If so, click here to order more easily online. So you wanna incorporate this as a part of your reminder program and add a link in there as well. If your practice has an app, you can integrate most e-commerce platforms right into your practice app to make it easy one of the other things I tell practices is, you know, if you're scared of e-commerce solutions, and hopefully you're not by now, but if you are, one of the things that you can do, and I encourage you to do until you become comfortable with an e-commerce platform, is at least do anything to simplify the process of reordering a prescription product. So. If you have a practice app, make sure that there's a feature there that they can very easily log in to reorder medications. Even if that means they have to come into the practice and pick it up, at least make it easy for them to order through an app. There are some practices that will offer home delivery themselves, where if a pet owner orders a medication or a prescription food by a certain time, that they themselves will have someone deliver it into the practice. At the end of the day, whatever it is that you decide to choose, whatever platform you decide to use, it is important that you also get your staff on board. So make sure that you have a team meeting and not just train your staff members on the e-commerce platform that you're using, but also explain to them the importance of e-commerce. You can even have this podcast as the resource, if you will. So this way they can also buy into the concept as well. The way that I look at using e-commerce and any type of technology is that you're helping pet owners enhance the bond with their pets. What you're saying by adapting to new technology and using solutions like e-commerce is you're telling pet owners, I know your pet means everything to you, and we're going to equip you with the tools and technology that's going to make it easier for you to better care for your pet. So in summary, what I would like for you to do is research the right e-commerce for your practice. The only wrong solution is, is not looking at any of the uh, providers that are out there. I want you to educate your team on why e-commerce is important. Again, use this podcast as a resource. Come up with a marketing strategy using the, some of the ideas that were given to you to really help push out the importance of, of educating pet owners. Be patient, it takes a little bit of time when you get started. But I do want you to track success and readjust your strategy as needed. And more importantly, I want you to smile because you're going to be doing right by your clients. And well, well, that's always a win. So until next time, my friends, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you so much, Eric. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thank you to Hills for sponsoring this event. If you'd like to find out more about this and other podcasts, click on the Education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.